The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Hi there. Hope your day is pleasant. Thank you for joining us here on Grace in Focus from the Grace Evangelical Society. Do you like the theological study of eschatology, the study of last things? If you do, you're in for a treat today, as Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates will preview Daniel's prophecy of the 70 weeks and answer a question concerning a possible short time gap between the rapture and the beginning of the tribulation period. They'll also say something about the purpose and the role of the 144,000 sealed Jews of Revelation chapter 7. There's a lot to think about here, so get ready. Toward the end of the broadcast, I'll talk about our website, faithalone.org. We'll mention some things that are available there. I hope you'll stay with us. Now for today's discussion, here are Bob and Ken. Well, hey, peeps. I'm here again with uh, Ken. And Ken, are you ready for a tough eschatological question? It's not the end of the world. Go ahead. Oh, would you just stole my thunder for the joke. (laughs) I I, got a cartoon on the wall. Have you seen that I read it. That's where I got it from. Yeah, because the the husband is a seminary student, and he says to his wife, I hate to say this, but I just can't get eschatology. And she said, don't worry about it, honey. It's not the end of the world. All right. This is a guy named Tom. And he says, what is the exegetical basis for two things? Number one, what is the biblical basis for stating that there is a gap between the rapture and the beginning of Daniel's 70th week? He says two to three months. I've often suggested there might be a month or two in between there. I suppose it could be three months. But first of all, what is Daniel's 70th week? What scripture is that? Well, we see that in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, where Daniel speaks that the nation of Israel has 70 weeks. And we know from the context that this is 70 sevens of years, so 490 years. We also know that after 69 years of that, Jesus was cut off, the Messiah was cut off with his crucifixion. And so there's seven years left. Okay, and that's mentioned in verse 25. Right. It says, To restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. So that's 69 weeks until Messiah the Prince. Right. So that's when Jesus has his triumphal entry, and then that's when he's killed. Right. And the only thing left is one more week. Or seven years. The 70th seven, yeah. And we know he's talking about years here because in Daniel... It's talking about the 70 years of captivity being in Babylon. And so we know the context is talking about years. Right. And in fact, in verse 26, he says, and after the 62 weeks, in other words, it was seven plus 62. So that's week 69. Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. In other words, he's dying for the sins of Israel and the whole world. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. That happened. A.D. 70. Right. Then verse 27 says. Yeah, verse 27. There's some differences among pre-trib dispensational guys when it says that in most of our translations, it says, and he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week for those seven years. So the question is, is it he will make a covenant or they will make a covenant. For those who are familiar with Zane Hodges' writing, he translates that they will make a covenant. So he suggests this is what, the revived Roman Empire? Yeah. His view was that the man of sin, the guy most people call the Antichrist, will be a man from the Middle East, 
and they are the Western nations of the revived Roman Empire. And at the beginning of the tribulation, they, and not the man of sin, but they, these nations, will make a covenant with Israel. Now, most dispensationalist pre-trib folks believe it is he. He's going to make it. But for this question, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't. When I graduated from Dallas Seminary as a dispensationalist, I believed that the rapture would occur and the tribulation would begin simultaneously. At that second, right. Right. But about 10 years ago, I was in the pre-trib study group here in in Dallas. Uh, Tommy Ice heads it up. I'm a member of the pre-trib study group. And one of the speakers said, we all know that there's going to be some sort of a gap between the rapture and the beginning of the tribulation because the signing of the covenant almost certainly can't take place at the very moment of the rapture because the person who's the man of sin, he was saying, the person who signs the covenant is going to be hidden until after the rapture. And so if there was going to be this covenant signed, it would be worldwide news. And before it was signed, there would be rumors of it, certainly. So they said there's going to be a gap, and they suggested the gap would probably be like a month or two. Part of the reason they suggest it is later in Daniel, chapter 12, verses 11 and 12. And it says that there shall be 1,290 days. Well, 1,260 days is three and a half years. 1,290 days is three and a half years and 30 days. So there's an extra 30 days after the tribulation ends. And then verse 12 says, Blessed is he who waits and comes to 1,335 days. So an extra 45 45 more days. Or 75 total. Right. So So roughly... Two and a half months. Right. So basically what they were saying is if there's going to be some sort of a gap between the end of the tribulation and the beginning of the millennium, it makes a certain amount of sense with symmetry that there would be some sort of a gap between 30 and 75 days on the front end. And by the way, people have suggested that during those 30 to 75 days, there would be things like the judgment seat of Christ, although many people think it occurs during the tribulation. I happen to think it occurs after the tribulation on earth. And also there has to be the judgment of the sheep and the goats, right? Matthew 25, 31 to 46, the judgment of all the Gentiles who survive the tribulation that'll occur during that time period. And there's also some initial cleanup that takes place after the battle of Armageddon. Right, right, right. So in answer to Tom's first question, I would say we can't prove it, but let me throw out one other thing, Tom, there's many gaps in prophecy. For example, Zechariah nine verses nine and 10 is where the triumphal entry is spoken of in 9-9. Right. And then 9-10 speaks of the millennium. So there's at least 2,000 years right. gap there. And in Luke nineteen twenty six and 27, Luke nineteen twenty six is the judgment of the third servant at the judgment seat of Christ. And then verse 27, it says, But bring here those enemies of mine who didn't want me to reign over them and slay them in my presence. That's a thousand years. That's a thousand years later at the great white throne judgment. So there's lots of gaps. And yes, Tom's right. There's no statement in Daniel 9, 24 to 27 that there's a gap before 
the 70s. But there is begin. one that says there'll be a gap at the end right. of 75 days. Right. And part of the issue here is, as Bob has touched on, is is there going to be a warning of the rapture? And with this gap, there, there won't be. Right? There's no warning. Right. Now, the second question is this. What evidence is there biblically that the 144,000 sealed Jews will be evangelists? We read in, what is it, chapter 7, is it, of yes. Revelation? Revelation 7. That he's going to choose 7,000. 12,000 from I each mean, tribe. I mean, 12,000 from each tribe. So 12 times 12 is still 144. Right. So 12,000 times 12 tribes, 144,000. We're not told, however, they're called evangelists, right? But can you read chapter uh, 7? Yeah. I believe it says they're sealed, but it doesn't say anything about them being evangelists. And so what evidence, just pick the one of the beginning verses. Right. In chapter 7, verse 3, and do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bond servants of our God on their foreheads. So, And does it say 12,000 of this tribe and 12,000? Yes, starting in verse 4. Well, it says there were 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. And then starting in verse 5, it lists the tribes. Okay, so 144,000 are sealed, but nothing there about them being called evangelists. No, but in verse 9, after these are sealed, we see starting in verse 9 that there is a great multitude that are saved out of the tribulation period. And it's certainly implied there that they're connected with these 144,000. That the 144,000 are the one who are evangelizing them. Sure. They're not called evangelists, but after these 144,000 are sealed, it talks about... It's uh, verse 9, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, the very next verse. There was a great multitude, which no one could count. And the, the angel tells them, well, these are the ones who've come out of the tribulation. And they're all crying out, saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And they're believers, right? And yeah. then, of course, Jesus said in the tribulation period that the gospel is going to be preached to every country. The gospel of the kingdom. Sure, sure, yeah. Will be preached to all the nations. So the good news that the kingdom is at hand is going to be preached all over the world. Now, theoretically, could God use Gentiles to take that message? Sure. Could he use other Jews besides the 144,000 sealed ones? Sure. But since the 144,000 are associated with this multitude who have come to faith, it sure sounds like they're evangelists. And this is a common dispensational view. And they have some kind of purpose. You know, yeah, God has yeah. sealed them, the 144,000, unless we just take this completely figuratively. But I'm taking it very literally here. Oh, I am too. And not only that, you and I both suggested, as we were talking about this, that these people may well have the ability to speak in languages they've never learned. Yes. So I, it's even better than the gift of tongues, because the gift of tongues is where you could speak a language you didn't know, but you also didn't understand. So somebody else would have to interpret but in this case, I think these 144,000 Jews will be like people at Babel that will be given a new language, just given to them. Sure, sure. But unlike Babel, God's not going to take away their original language, which is what happened at, at Babel, right? Sure. And by the way, Adam and Eve, how long did it take them to learn to speak? I think uh, nanosecond. Nanosecond. <laughs> how about their vocabulary? <laughs> they Created with vocabulary, right? Sure, sure. Created with language. They didn't have to learn any of that. So I would expect there's going to be, and by the way, the two witnesses in Revelation, they're going to be doing a lot of the miracles that Moses and Elijah did. 
Oh, yeah. Many similarities. So, Tom, thank you for your two questions. But we would say there's plenty of biblical evidence to suggest there's going to be some sort of a gap between the beginning of the tribulation and the no the rapture, rapture the rapture, rapture in the, in the beginning. beginning right and then secondly that the 144,000 sealed Jews are going to be evangelists all right well thank you and keep grace in focus thank you gentlemen for that great discussion did you miss an episode of Grace in Focus that you really wanted to hear just come to faithalone.org that's faithalone.org We have all our past episodes right there on the site. In addition, we have all kinds of free resources available for you. It's all designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of Scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On this program, we keep our requests for financial partners to a minimum. But if you are interested in becoming a financial partner with Grace in Focus... You can find out how to do that at faithalone.org. Our team is really great about answering questions, comments, and feedback. If you've got some, we hope to hear from you. Let me give you our email address so you can do just that. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And on the next episode of Grace in Focus, how do people justify that good works or good character prove or strongly suggest that one is born again? What do you think about that question? Join us tomorrow. We'll talk about it. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.